Hello, good people out there in podcast land, and welcome in to another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast presented by the Baltimore Banner. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's a former five-time All-Star. He is Adam Jones. Today, coming up, an episode, double nickel number 55, AJ. The Terrell Suggs slash Pete Incavilia episode. All right. We'll be joined by neither of those two gentlemen, but pitcher D.L. Hall <laughs> will be with us. He's been looking forward to talking with us and vice versa for a while, and we finally got some good cell service for him up in the mountains. Adam and I are also going to discuss the Ravens, who did blow a late fourth quarter lead. That seems to be a theme in all three losses this year against Cleveland. But as Bill Belichick said, it's on to Cincinnati, and they have a number of primetime games coming up. Of course, we'll have someone qualify for a Dunkin' gift card during our Socially Speaking segment, where Adam put out a very poignant question. And we'll start with talking to Adam about back from his extended United States tour. It didn't make uh, uh, Baltimore didn't make the itinerary, but your high school reunion did, and you didn't go to high school in Baltimore, so that makes sense. Yeah, you know, uh, Baltimore was not on the on the docket this time. Um, I was working the World Series. I know. Yeah. Um, well, I was, right you know, the- it was, yeah, no, that's why I didn't go, but that's why I didn't elaborate. Uh, you know, I guess the, 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 everybody thought that, you know, Philly was, was to be hosting the World Series. Philly, Houston turned out to be Arizona and Texas. And, you know, I went out to Houston and it was a great, again, we talked about it last, I mean, I'm sorry, I went out to, um, Arizona, and we talked about it last week. It just it wasn't the craziest atmosphere. I would have loved to have seen a wilder one. But, no, after that, I went to California, got to spend some time with my father, my brother, my sister, my niece. Um, you know, when I would get some one-on-one time because I was there by myself, got to play a lot of golf, got to play with our producer Chip. Chip's getting better. Chip's, Chip, Chip hits the ball right down the middle, by the way. He don't hit it far, but he hit it down the middle. And then it, uh, it culminated with uh, hanging out with my friends at our 20-year reunion. And, you know, I know some people are bullish and, uh, you know, about reunions and things like that. Uh, sometimes maybe they don't like where they're at personally in life or anything. Me, I was like, you know what? I want to go see just the, the group of people. I, I, went to, I graduated with 969 people. That's a lot of folks. That's more than people's school. So to be able just to go back there and see friends and, and stories and teachers, our old principal, we, I forgot that. I even forgot this. Our principal got fired like April of our senior year and we had school protests to have her so she can be at our graduation. Like these are things that shape me. Like you see why I'm so militant because <laughs> you see things that happen in, <laughs> happens in high school and started in high school. So, you know, just those memories. And, you know, again, I had a great major league career and all that. And people knew that and recognized that that's cool. But at the same time, like, you know, I got two kids. What's your kids doing? My kids play basketball and soccer. What do you like? I want to be personable with everybody. And it was good to see the people that came. Yeah. A lot a lot of people didn't and you know they were missed but the people that came were were very much appreciated and it was a great time and you know i'm not gonna say i'm going to 25 but i'll probably go to 30 because <laughs> it's just you know i think things like that because a lot of people in my gender in my class either have passed away have been incarcerated uh moved away real far like just life takes you in different in different ways so for me to go back to and i'm an inner city kid so you things like the things like that are, aren't uncommon in inner city so for me to go back there and see my friends, see the people that, you know, shaped me, guys from junior high to high school, you know, dudes on my basketball team, bat, baseball, football team, guys we, you know, actually in class with, like all those memories, just like, just, it just thinks like, damn, I'm still the same kid. That was, <laughs> all right, I, got two I ain't grew up yet. 
I got two follow-ups from what you just said. One is I think it was a wise choice for the wife or girlfriend always to stay behind because they seem bored at these things because they barely. Unless you went to the school with it, unless you went to school with him. Exactly. So that was wise. And you got to be the most famous person from your graduating oh, class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Very, very much. Very easy. Very, I, just, I didn't know if there was a but, superstar in the making. No, but at the same time, it's like I don't have that persona. Like, you know, some of my friends say, hey, man, you're going to go back to school and stunt. I'm like, what you want to do? Drive up there at Rolls Royce and just drive diamonds all dripped off. No, I'm going to show up in a pants, some collar shirt, shake yeah. hands, give love to everybody. Hey, man, how you been? And the cool part is a couple of, uh, a couple of my old classmates we met in Mexico City when I was down there for the uh, the Padres and Giants because they're big Padres fans. And we knew, we I mean, been connected through Facebook and social medias throughout the years. And I was like, yeah, I'm down in Mexico. Let's like, let's hang out. We out to dinner, went out to the club, turned up, you know what I'm saying? So like, like these are these, that's why Facebook's important for, I think for schooling and for, you know, your, your old friends. But I think that when people miss these kind of things, they miss opportunities just to reconnect. Even if, if, if even if it's not the longest reconnection, or you don't you didn't get along with everybody, this is I'm definitely sure I didn't get along with everybody in in, uh, in high school, and you know just to reconnect with people, say what's up, see how they're doing with life, and you know see how they're looking. I agree. It's always a fun yeah. time. A lot of these take place during November around Thanksgiving when people are able to make it back to their hometown. So uh, yep. reunite and celebrate, and it feels so good. <laughs> all right aj let's bring in our featured guest he is brought to us by our loyal sponsor jimmy's famous seafood where he's a loyal patron he's dl hall you've been out to jimmy's i'm sure before oh yeah i usually uh i usually like to mix it in about once a week when i'm in baltimore uh probably shouldn't so much but i love it yeah <laughs> well appreciate you joining us it was a terrific season for you and obviously the orioles although i know the outcome wasn't what you guys desired you wanted more, but how would you describe the season, not only for you, but for the team in general, a little bit of both sides? Um, I think it was just uh, super exciting. Like the, the main thing that, you know, the first thing that comes to my head is exciting. Uh, I feel like we got a super exciting team and it's, uh, you know, it's just fun to be, be a part of. Now to follow up that, how far do you think this team can go next year? I mean, expectations were exceeded this year expectations are expected next year so yeah, how far do you I think, think this team in 24 can go um i think that we can man honestly I, I truly think that we can win the whole thing i and i think that we have a team to do it like i think that you know obviously this year didn't go how we wanted and i think that we had the team to do it this year but um you know just with having that chip on our shoulder and uh you know, of kind of obviously ending way earlier than, than we expected or wanted to. Um, I feel like that puts that chip on our shoulder, and I feel like it'll drive us even more next year to, you know, try and get the job done. And I want to know, what, sh- what do you want your role to be? I mean, you drafted as a starter out of high school, stud. I remember they said, this kid's throwing 95, 96. I'm like, where? Let me get in the box because I like to see that. <laughs> and, you know, just – where do you see your role? I know you want to be a starter. Uh, they called you up as, a, as in a relief arm uh, with Bautista down, maybe a high leverage reliever. Like, where do you see yourself in 24? Obviously, like you said, I, I would like to be a starter. Um, I feel like that's where, you know, I feel like that I can do it. And I feel like that's where I can, you know, help the team the most is, uh, you know, if I can, uh, 
you know, figure out how to have some true success uh, as a starter. I feel like that that's going to be the biggest help for the team, you know. But then again, you know, I've always told them, you know, if wherever I'm needed and, uh, you know, however I can, you know, help this team win and ultimately get to that, that main goal, like I'll jump into the role and fill it as, as best I can. Yeah, I guess it was a case of uh, where they needed you the most, and it seemed like they needed you the most coming out of the bullpen as, you know, you threw 70-plus innings out of the pen where as a starter you'd be throwing more than double that. I'm sure you feel you have the capability to do that. Do you think you'll be given that opportunity come spring training? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, whichever way they decide to go, I think will, um, you know, be for the benefit of the team. So, uh, you know, we'll see which, you know, you know what happens. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to plan on, you know, trying to be a starter. I have a question a lot of people I don't think know. How do you train to be a starter versus how do you train to be a reliever? I think every offseason I'm, I'm sure you go in, I want to be a starter, I want to be a starter. And if they make you a reliever, like what, what's the difference in routines? I, I was a center fielder. I mean, a shortstop center fielder. I, I only know that. But I don't know starters and uh, relievers. Um, for, for me personally, I feel like it's different for every guy, obviously, you know, but – for me personally, I, I think that it's uh, a little bit more about the, you know, obviously about the stamina and things like that. Just being into, uh, you know, as far as the cardio goes, like really being into shape, um, still being powerful and explosive, but kind of, you know, being able to, you know, cover those seven innings, uh, eight innings to where you're not, you know, absolutely, you know, gassed in the seventh and eighth. So I feel like that's a little bit different, you know, as a reliever you can train a little bit more just explosive and power and because you don't have to, uh, you know, you're going out there for an inning and, and letting it rip. So it's a, a little bit different. So I, I'd say, but the biggest thing for me is, like I said, just, you know, having that, uh, that, that running and that run, that, that phase of it of just, you know, making sure your cardio is, is where it needs to be. Going back to the rotation though, real quickly. I mean, you look at it on paper, we know that, it seems like Bradish and Rodriguez are entrenched as starters. I guess you'd be battling against guys like Tyler Wells, John Means, Dean Kramer, as long as they don't bring in anyone else. I'm not going to ask about the competition. I want to know about the camaraderie of the pitching staff, DL, because it was such a mixture of young guys like you and Kyle and Grayson, and then you had the veterans like John Means and Kyle Gibson mixed in. How did it all go? How did it flow? Um, honestly, it was probably one of the coolest and, and most, uh, you know, chill atmospheres that, you know, you could kind of have around you. I feel like we all kind of had a – we had a mixture to where it was like – I don't know, I, I want to say it was like almost perfect to where, you know, everybody was super comfortable. You know, there wasn't that feeling of like, you know, Gibby did an awesome job like, you know, being the veteran guy. Um you know, as far as the, the pitchers goes, he did an awesome job, like just being a leader for us, but also making us, you know, feel comfortable. And I feel like that's why all the young guys really started to have success is because, you know, the, the locker room was super comfortable. And amongst the pitchers, especially, everybody was super comfortable. We all had a good time uh, together, you know, in the bullpen. And it just like kept everything light. We were never, we never felt under pressure. So it was, uh, I feel like that's what really got everybody going. Is that how you felt the last six weeks throughout the rest of the year into the playoffs? Is that, hey, there's no need to be nervous. Let's just come out here and let's just play, let's have fun, play ball. My teammates have confidence in me. Everybody has confidence in me here. Let's just go out there and, and have a good time. 
Yeah, yeah. All the you know, all the guys who you know had some uh, you know a lot more service time than we did. You know, it was literally the whole clubhouse that you know all of the older guys like they would make sure that we knew like hey like you're a big part of this like you know you know we need every single one of us you know to to do this thing so like they kept you know putting that back into our heads and and making sure that we you know realized that so it was huge for us i mean we were all super comfortable and just having fun we will hear for more of our conversation with orioles pitcher dl hall right here on the adam jones podcast but first Let's salute our loyal, dedicated sponsors who've been with us all year. Hi guys, Oriole Hall of Famer and ambassador to the baseball warehouse, Mike Bordick here. We are honored and excited to help support the Adam Jones podcast. The baseball warehouse has four locations in Maryland and two in Pennsylvania. We specialize in private instruction, camps, showcases, charity events, Badgers baseball, and one-of-a-kind events featuring current Major League players and Hall of Famers. Our instructors have all played collegiately and professionally, many of whom have reached the Major Leagues. Check out thebaseballwarehouse.com to learn more and check us out on social media. Also, make sure to check out Orioles Hall of Famer Rick Dempsey's baseball warehouse opening in Columbia this October. Yeah, it's October 8th from 1 to 5 p.m. I'll be there with many of my former teammates and I want to see you there. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan? Experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouth-watering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones Podcast. And by our friends at the Weinman Company. Your fun awaits at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Feed the whole crew with something for everyone, from cheesesteaks to crab cake sandwiches. Plus, ask how you can get a $15 dining credit. Get in on the gaming action with the hottest slots and your favorite table games, like blackjack, roulette, and poker. Free live shows every Friday and Saturday. Plus, become a Penn Play member and get up to $250 in rewards. Come experience nonstop fun and excitement only at Hollywood Casino Perryville. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Effective Solutions, your one-stop shop for commercial contracting. Everything from excavation and site development to emergency remediation and restoration. Effective Solutions specializes in many forms of commercial and mixed-use construction, like leak investigation, framing, trim carpentry, insulation, drywall, painting, wallpaper, flooring, masonry, waterproofing, paving, tree removal, and much more. With a dedicated staff and a commitment to quality, Effective Solutions delivers every time. By G-Leaf. Medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Hey, Justin, keep an eye on the time. It's your night to handle dinner. No worries. Got it covered. It's great getting dinner ready with no worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded, and cooked right in the store. Oh, wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. 
by Jack Daniels. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Time to get back to our continuing conversation as cell service is holding on there. It's DL Hall right here on the Adam Jones podcast. I want to know. So with the last couple of years, obviously the draft's been going great. Elias has been doing a fantastic job with the uh, getting the guys to the major leagues. How have you, I mean, you're, you're 25 now. You're, you're older than some of these guys. How have you adapted and taken a kind of a big brother role to some of these guys who say got called up at 21, 22, got sent down the mentality of it. And then now just like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a part of this. I'm a part of this core. I'm a part of this future going forward. How does that, how does that make you feel that, uh, you know, roles change no matter what. And, and, you know, and as you get in 25, big brother, unfortunately starts to, starts to come to, especially some of the younger guys. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely different, you know, because I was like I was 18 drafted, so I was always uh, you know, I, as long as I was coming up, you know, I was always the youngest, you know, or one of the youngest uh, on the team, like throughout the minor leagues, and so it, you definitely you know start to swap roles, and especially you know going down to Florida and rehab and like and seeing last year and you know being around all those young guys and uh, you know all the kids like literally looks like kids and it's like wow i was in that uh i was in those <laughs> shoes uh you know, not too long ago and now i feel like i'm i'm an old man so uh but no it's it, it's cool to uh you know feel that and like you know be able to talk to some of those young kids down there when i was rehabbing like and be, and you know them coming up to me and just asking me you know little questions i, I thought it was really cool and it, how everything really comes full circle so there was no change in Gunnar Henderson from the beginning of the year to him winning the rookie of the year. You saw no change in Gunnar Henderson at all. I mean, he seemed even keel throughout the season as we witnessed him as a member of the media DL. Yeah, he, uh, man, I, he, he was like, he's, it was one of those things where we all knew, you know, maybe not the outside world, but as far as we go, like, and myself, Cause like I, we already know, you know what's gonna happen with him. It's just a matter of like him getting comfortable enough and and just getting those at bats and settling in. And uh, it was like I, we knew it was gonna happen because I got to see it at alt site in twenty when he was a nineteen year old. Like he went from the you know one of the easier outs at camp to by the time we left that alt site, he was the probably the toughest hitter there. And and he was 19 at that time, or maybe 18. So I already knew he would settle in. It was just a matter of, like I said, getting comfortable and getting those at bats. Winning the, I mean, the rookie of the year, uh, putting himself, putting the organization even higher on the on on the depth charts. Uh, with obviously Rushman, you get to throw to him uh, consistently. McCann, I know you probably got to spend a lot of time with McCann, just going over the mental side of the game. How much? How much does does the veterans? Yeah, mean to the young guys. Me as as an outfielder, I tried to make sure everybody was comfortable and loose, play as hard as you can. As you know, with the catchers and pitchers, I obviously I let it. I let O'Day and Weeders and all those guys uh, run that ship. So, how has McCann, who we had was a previous guest, how has he been as a veteran guy to 
to ease ease you guys' minds as as young guys coming into high leverage situations because you played every game you were in the big leagues this year. It was a very important pitch that you had to throw. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, nah, he was man, another one that was uh, incredible. Like I said, like there's literally. Man, those guys, you know, McCann and, and Gibson and all that, like they literally all did such a good job. Uh, McCann was the one that, you know, he also kept it light. Like he was – they were – I mean, I don't even know what to say. They were literally incredible. They they kept us – they kept us going. They did what they were – you know, they did what a, what you would expect a veteran guy to do. They were, I mean, professional and by the book and, and, and kept us light. I mean, I really think that – those guys are the reason why we had the success we did just because of the culture and and everything that they installed you know in the clubhouse dl hall with us brought to us by jimmy's famous seafood here on the adam jones podcast now dl i don't know if you even watch the postseason do you guys take any solace i don't know if you talk with teammates and the fact that the team that eliminated you won the world series or no I see. I see Adam shaking his head. For those not you watching, lose, you lose. YouTube, you lose. You lose. It doesn't matter. You lose. You lose. It doesn't matter if you lose. You lose you that's lost my opinion. The eventual world champion. I, I don't know if that's so? a badge of honor or not. It's not. Nah. Right, well, you don't have I, to answer the question, I'm DL. Sorry. But what, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Mister Mister Hall. <laughs> but I, for for me personally, I, it doesn't matter because yeah, it's just either way. Like I'm just. I'm ticked off because I feel like we were the better team and we should have been in there in that position anyways. We want to know about D.O. Hall. So you're in your truck right now. Are you out somewhere on site catching dinner for us? Like what, 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 you, what you up to? So I'm, uh, I'm actually in the North Georgia mountains, uh, came up here just to uh, take the weekend and, uh, just kind of relax. Uh, started back training last week and I was like, you know what, let's go to the mountains for a couple days. Uh, went trout fishing yesterday and, uh, just honestly been relaxing. So <laughs> it's been amazing. Now I got a personal story. I want to relay to you, DL Adams only heard a portion of this. I, t- I tried desperately to, uh, get to your locker to try and visit with you and actually have this conversation off the podcast, but we might as well have it on the podcast. I believe I was at either your first, I believe I was at either your first or second professional baseball game at the Gulf Coast League down in Sarasota. Happened to go out there when the Orioles were still playing games on those backfields. And in the bleachers were my father and me, and we run into your mother who's watching the game, okay? And we chat with her. And I ask about where your dad is, and he's a couple of rows up behind her watching the game intently. And we are not to disturb your father during the game. But your mother, lovely woman, we had a great conversation about Valdosta, Georgia. And I found out because my parents used to drive their dog from Sarasota to Atlanta. Valdosta is the halfway point if you drive between Sarasota and Atlanta. And the reason they stopped there, and I got to know if you know about this place, was because there was this pet-friendly hotel where they would take our dog, Zindi, every time to uh, rest and retreat and all that. Is there an infamous pet hotel in Valdosta that I don't know about? Because that seemed to be the big point of emphasis as to why they stopped there. Uh, I have not that I've heard of, but I'm not saying there isn't. What do you remember about those Gulf Coast League games getting started out there? Because I remember there was no scoreboard. I had no idea what the count was when you were pitching, but I <laughs> remember it was a very hot atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, man, those are some of the roughest days, but now looking back on them, you're like, wow, those were uh, 
those are some of the best days. Those are some of the most fun days. Those 12 o'clock starts, I mean, they're 100 degree weather. Uh, like you said, no scoreboard. Um, no shade. You know, yeah, yeah, zero shade. We're sitting in the, uh, I'll never forget sitting in that, uh, you know, on that metal bench down there in the, the bullpen that was basically just a metal bench sitting outside of the fence what has helped you find your balance you said you're in the, you're in the mountains right now like that is unbelievable but you can't do that during the season you can't just go for two or three days only dennis robin can do that so um what balance you what helps you balance yourself through the season when you know it's ups and downs we know roller coasters it's, it's a very tough season if you're having success or not so uh, what balances DL Hall now? Um, to be honest, I think that uh, – so, like, I'm a super uh, – my girlfriend and I both, like, I just really we, – we really enjoy being, like, uh, my house that I just built back home. Um, well, it's actually like – it's like a barn dominium, whatever. It doesn't have service to it yet because I don't have Wi-Fi. And I absolutely – I absolutely love it. So, for me – it's uh like i enjoy being where there's no cell service and and things like that like just being uh you know i don't even have to be doing anything just uh for me just having that that time with yourself and uh and god and just relaxing and and uh just kind of you know being where the world is kind of shut out for a little while that's kind of how I like to, uh, you know, kind of reset myself. Hey, DL, thanks for taking the time. We look forward to catching up with you at spring training. Maybe one of these days I'll make it to your locker when you're there. I feel like you were avoiding me on purpose or someone was alerting you. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, best of luck. Good hunting, as they say, during the off season. Stay safe, and we'll see you in February in Sarasota. Thank you guys for having me, man. I enjoyed it. And sorry about this uh, this service, but it's where I like to be. <laughs> hey, no worries, brother. We appreciate it. Trust yep. me. We appreciate it. Part of the podcast. We deal with it. Appreciate it. And, and you know, Adam, DL has shown for two consecutive seasons that he can th thrive really coming out of the bullpen. But after hearing him talk, obviously, the goal is to be a starter. And he'll have that opportunity. Well, I mean, everybody wants to be a starter. I think that's just his. I mean, that's what you want to do. That's what you set yourself up for. But I think Zach Britton, Tommy Hunter, uh, you can name Cat Mariano Rivera. You want to go with that yeah. one? Uh, you can you can name countless guys that have made uh, substantial careers by moving to the bullpen. It, it depends on what the team needs. Uh, he's still young enough to where he can transition back and forth. So I just think he just needs to keep himself ready. And like he said, he's ready for the ball. He's not – he don't care. You just keep – you have him in the ball, you tell him what to do. That's what he's ready for. And uh, I respect that. And uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad he's sharp. He's, he's cleaned himself up. His, his mental is there. He seems like he's he's ready to go. And a lefty, a southpaw out of the ball. Yeah. Is even more – hard. Something coveted, you know, by baseball. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of Tanner Scott. Like, just, just very – just those hard with a good breaking ball. And, again, all you have to do – and you see Tanner Scott went down to Miami. He's had very very good success being the closer down there. So, you know, you never know. You never know what uh, someone's path is. But I always said this. I don't care how I'm in the major leagues. As long as I'm in the major leagues. I'm going to damn if I was a catcher. I moved, I moved position. I, I wanted to be a shortstop in the major leagues. That was my dreams and aspirations. I wanted to be A-Rod and Jeter. Man, go out there and be Mike Cameron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Make your life easy. Go be Mike Cameron. Go be Ellis Burks. I can drop some names. Go be there. All right, let's move along to our For the Birds segment. It's brought to us by our friends over at the Baseball Warehouse, where you learn baseball the right way from guys like Rick Dempsey 
And who knows, maybe Adam Jones one of these days. (laughs) Coming soon to a baseball warehouse near you. Got to talk about the Ravens, though, who are hosting the Bengals Thursday night. They got two games in five days, just like the Bengals. Ravens won the first encounter in Cincinnati. That was back in week two. But last week against Cleveland, we saw that continuing theme of these fourth quarter collapses. And that has been the theme in all three losses for this team this year. Your observation, AJ. I seen a stat that said uh, the teams with the it was like the fewest uh, time behind. Yeah, the, game. the Ravens like had the lead the third, for more than any team no, in the NFL. No, it was just like in the history of the game. They they're third in fewest times um, uh, behind in the, in the score. Right, thirty eight minutes. Thirty eight minutes. The only other teams, there's a team that did it 15 minutes and 21 minutes. Every other, but all five teams are 10 and 0. The Ravens only won at 73. Um, they're still in first place. I know, I mean, it's just like Harbaugh said, it's, you know, the, the ending. They had the, the three games that they lost are all ending games, three games that they didn't close. I know they know that. It, there's no need for me to harp on it. Uh, but. You know, as a as a fan, you want to see him. You want to see him finish because you know. You, I was watching the game and I was talking to my wife, and I was like, "Man, yeah, yeah, fourteen three, real quick. Okay, twenty one. Okay, okay, let's keep going. Get thirty one fourteen. I'm like, okay, let me go do something else. And then I can yeah. look back and I see thirty one. I see thirty one twenty four. Then I see thirty one thirty. How they do that so quick? Like what? Like literally like that? And I'm like, you know. I don't know who who's to blame. Obviously, I blame the players because the players have the physical ball. I can't blame the coaches. The coaches just call the play. Um, but, you know, I know the players know that it's unacceptable. And I think that maybe this might be a reverse game to where they score 14 to 24 in the fourth quarter this time opposed to during the first. Because they're a great first, first quarter team, great first half team. Um, the fourth quarter teams generally, they, they start to catch up to them. So, Hopefully they just they fix that and you know get back get back nails in the fourth quarter because no matter what if you turn the ball over late in the fourth quarter your defense is going to be exhausted so you can't say oh the defense is the, the defense didn't stop them well if the defense is out they're already in minute fifty six of the game and the defense had to go fifty six then you know a little bit of plays a little gas and then go back out there like no matter who you are I don't care it's like the the defense for the Broncos number one defense yeah they had the worst quarterback that year therefore their defense went to the worst. They did look gassed in the fourth quarter. I don't know what to attribute that to. One of the picks that Lamar threw was such a fluke, the one that got deflected. That could have gone either way. But there's no arguing that the AFC North is the best division in the NFL. And, you know, I mean, this week you got the Ravens and the Bengals, the Browns and Steelers will match up. They're just cannibalizing each other. That's the that's the thing we're seeing is they're eating their own in the division. What I'm saying, I mean, I looked at the Steelers. They they pulled off the win. They're six and three. You got, uh, I mean, the Texans pulled off a big win in in Cleveland. I mean, in Cincinnati. So that was big. Uh, it, it's a good division, and that's what you want. You always wanted a good division, and you know, obviously, people are talking about you know, Cleveland's going to be be the run of the division. They're a good team too. So. Um, Hey, the Ravens could easily be ten and zero right now, but they're, but they're seven and three. They're still in the driver's seat. This game tonight is very important, and they need to get after it. They need to score early, often, late, and often, and stop the defense and stop yeah, the opposers. Well, the good news is under John <laughs> Harbaugh, they are thirty-five and seventeen all time in primetime games under Harbaugh, and they got a lot of primetime games coming up. They have Damn. a couple of Sunday night games, one out nice. in Los Angeles and Jacksonville, mm-hmm. a Monday nighter in San Francisco. 
So they're going to be playing a lot under the lights. And uh, I got to ask you real quickly, Joe Burrow said that he goes to bed during the season at 7 p.m. at night. I find that hard to believe. I know senior citizens, and I'm sorry, Dad, I had to call you out, that stay up till at least 11 o'clock at night. I mean, going to bed at 7 o'clock, how much rest do you need? Well, I mean, the thing is, now, is he sleep or is he resting? There's two different things. Now, if he's resting away from social media, away from his phone, away from technology, maybe like just DL watching Hall. TV. Maybe, yeah, maybe just watching TV, decompressing. Maybe maybe the 7 o'clock is his cutoff for that. Sleep at 7, that's hard to buy. That's dinner time. Um, but, again, he's he's, hey, he's, one of the, he's a high-end athlete, so – Who's to say what he does? Like, these athletes do anything and everything. So, like we talked with Nelson Cruz, how did he play till 207? Is because, you know, of the things that he does. So, who's to say what he does and doesn't do? Seven o'clock sleep? I don't buy that. Seven o'clock decompress from the world? I can. I definitely can buy that. Yeah, if he's going to bed at 7 p.m., he might want to move to Boca Raton, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dinner's at 5, in, in yeah. bed by 6.30. That is yeah. that, hey, that's great. Went to, a, went to a deli there once that closed at 7 p.m. They were kicking people out at 7. All right, we must move on for, for time purposes. It's time now for some socially speaking, and this is where we answer a tweet or social media post. You can find us on social media, whether it be the Gram, the X, or Facebook, at Adam Jones Pod at Adam Jones Pod or rate the podcast. We've got a lot of great ratings over the weekend and give us five stars that qualifies you for a Duncan gift card. So, Adam, you tossed out a question about parents and coaching asking, all right, parents, y'all can chime in. Is it overkill or are y'all having fun also? Or is this for your kids? Keep them active. There's no wrong answers. I want to know what the impetus, what inspired you to put this out? Was it something you witnessed? No, did you see the question that Travis Snyder? Uh, I, I mean, Travis Snyder had so, it originally. So, so you tweet. followed off that, okay? I didn't yeah. Know. So, so read his tweet. Read his tweet. Yeah, it's like six to eight year olds. Like you know, parents are doing all this crazy stuff for travel ball and all yes. this, and you know, and, it, and so my question is, as my kids are in that age, um, what's overkill? Uh, you know, is your kid? Do you think your kid is going to be? The next Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Otani at eight years old. Um, do you think spending crazy amount of thousands of dollars on travel ball, uniforms, travel, gas, do you think that's really in, like beneficial for an eight, nine, ten-year-old? Like these are just questions that I have, honestly, for myself too, because, you know, I got friends, tons of friends that are – I was in San Diego, and my nephew – drove his parents had to drive an hour and 15 minutes for him to play a game he's 12 and under hour and 15 minutes and when I, when we got there and I was, I was watching the game with my boy and his and uh, his wife and he was in uh my my godson this is my godson my nephew he struck he walked <laughs> twice and my my, my, uh, my boy's like hey man i ain't drive all this way to see you walk you better swing that bat so next at bat 3-0 he's swinging that stuff all he but it's like so it's like what's the happy median you drove all the way out there and you spent a lot of money in these hotels and the road food like there's a, a big culmination of all these fees and my thing is that for a seven or eight year old nine and even nine and ten is it worth it? Are you? Do you believe that you're? Do you believe that you're really investing in his future, or do you believe that you're either trying to get him out the house, keep him active? That's that's why, that's why I said no wrong answers. Um, again, there's I've seen parents at the game the other day yelling at their kids, and me as a major league player, I'm just sitting there like this. 
you don't know what the hell you talking about, but I'm not going to say nothing because why, why start the argument with, you know, with the dad in the, in the baseball pants shorts. So it's just, it's, I just want to know the happy median. And it, even if there is one, that's why I put it out. And tons of people commented on it. Tons of, uh, you know, means his wife, yeah, I wanna, uh, tons I of people read, out everywhere. Let me read some of the responses. One I think is apropos and, and we'll get to a couple of them. Uh, at Ryan, at real Ryan trees writes, And I think it's fine if that's what you want to do. But the bigger mm -hmm. problem is the rec sports leagues are dying. If I want my kid to just learn the game, get a T-shirt, hat, play ball, it shouldn't be that hard to find a team to enroll in. And I agree, it should be more open. Oh, yeah. Well, recs are, you know, rec centers are, are a dying breed. I grew up at Jackie Robinson, uh, uh, Jackie, Robinson Jackie Robinson YMCA. I grew up at uh, Willie Henderson uh, Park Recreation Center. Um those are those are a dying breed, unfortunately. Um, the city, it's city funding, and you know, as as time went on, you know, that's why one of my big missions in Baltimore was to do things that the city funding didn't do, and it's just tough, man. When because when you got the Rex, Rex is again. I used to go up there. You get you get your shirt, you get your hat, you get your your free lunch. Yep. Yeah, you get snacks, like all that stuff during the summer because, you know, just the kids in the neighborhood just simply can't afford it. Their parents are working. So that, that was the, the summer and the Boys and Girls Club was a safe haven and the rec centers were safe havens. They don't have them no more. So now you got more kids on the street, more kids on the stoop. I can tell you what happens when you got all that, when you got kids doing nothing. Bad things tend to happen. So, um, that's, so that's, I'm happy, that's what I'm trying to understand is, you know, are, like, are these parents spending – thousands of dollars thinking their kid is going to make it or are they doing it to make sure that, you know, they're installing a, something in their kid, uh desire to be hungry for something to travel. Like th there's a culmination of a lot of it. Like I'm sure when my kids start playing uh travel ball, um, it's going to be fun for us too, because road trips, stay in hotels, you know, how we like to travel, we like to find food, food places, yep. but also we have the means to where it's not like, we got to think about like, damn, you can't make this trip, but you can make the next trip. So that's why I want to know our parents going broke by doing it. Our parents like leveraging themselves to be able to give their kids this things. Like I know people do it for college, but are you doing it for a 10 year old? Right. You need to save up for college. That's first and foremost. Yeah. Here, here's another response we got from Robert turning at our turning on uh, Twitter, he wrote that his kids are eight and 10 and they would rather stare at a screen and play video games. And he's trying to find a happy medium. Yeah. That's a problem we didn't yeah. have growing up. No, I mean, we used to go outside kids, go outside, go out, don't come back to until the light came on, like right. street light, literally. And, dinner's and, ready. Could, yeah, exactly. You could smell dinner. You could hear, you could hear somebody's mama calling them to where, you know, your mama probably is in that time too. Um, and same with my kids. They love the screen. They love the PS5. They love Fortnite, Roblox. I think that is, um, uh, a safe haven for kids, um, but at the same time, go outside. And but but what going outside means you got to go outside. You know, out here in Barcelona, it's as a go outside. It, it, well, I have to take them to the park. In uh, in the states, with places we live in, go outside. Okay, you can go play outside. You can go swimming. You can go do things outside by yourself. But it's just you know, are you getting your kids outside the wrong way, the right way? I mean, that's why that's why I asked the question because. You know, there's, there's people that have been parenting a lot longer than me and a lot different than me. So, um, you know, to, to get different people's perspective, you know, a lot of people will chime in, they ain't even got kids, you know what I mean? So they just want to chime into the, to the, the post, but I just want to get the happy medium of it because I know I'm going to enter it and I see other people doing it. And I, I it's going to be hard, hard for me to say, I'm going to pay $2,500 for a tournament for a 10 year old. And well, that's a sick now 16. And Perfect Game is there, and Baseball America, and some scouts. 
five thousand. Yeah. I got you. I got you. You're but a little older and more mature. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're, if you're playing, if you're getting uncrustables after the game, no. <laughs> All right. The last comes from a uh, a major leaguer's wife in Carolyn or Caroline means, and she said her experience started at seven. Those became her best friends, the people that she played with, traveling, running around hotels, winning, etc. It was all fun for me. Parents ask every year if I was still in the sports teach life lessons, but life lessons can be free as well. These teams are getting paid for no reason. Oh man, these AAU teams are making hand over fist. Hand over fist. And you know what? Another comment was uh, by someone was that teach the parents. And it's like, you know, you have practice once or twice a week. In high school, it's once or twice twice a week practice. No matter what you do, you twice a week practice. The better players obviously practice on their own and get better by themselves. But how do you do that? Uh, you know, it's hard, as a, again, as a 6 to 10-year-old, just even 12-year-old, to know what to do to get better by yourself. You get older, you got you know what to do. So uh, one of them said that she would teach the softball parents of drills and things that they can do with their their kids to where when, you know, when no one's looking, you can go work with your kid. And you can honestly get some knowledge and, and know what you're doing instead of throwing the ball with two fat, flat feet. Because I see parents don't know what they're doing, man. Like, I, or, or just some... <clears throat> Bunch of Diamondbacks. The guy, he worked for the Diamondbacks in the front office, like director of something, threw up the first pitch. He never picked up a baseball day in his life. How you do Like, that, that, what? Everybody needs to know how to throw a baseball. And I think by teaching the parents, you know, it's, it's cool. And also challenging these coaches to be like, seriously, what the hell are these fees? Because a lot of these coaches now, they take time off. Like, I mean, they don't take them off. They, this is their full-time job. And they run some good programs. I get it. But at the same time, I just think that it's it's definitely taking advantage of the parents and the kids. And be like, hey, you need to practice here. You need to pay the you know, 250 a week or 1000 a month or whatever for an eight-year-old to play on my team. I got a finger for you. And it ain't the, it ain't the index. Well, you bring up a good point. There should be a seminar solely for the parents on conduct and how to yeah. you know, handle your kids accordingly. I, I agree. Some great responses. Thank you all. And we'll for be sure. our Duncan and Iron Rooster gift card winners coming up next week. We also, speaking of those two places, want to give some love to our loyal, dedicated sponsors. Go out and support these fine folks, folks. Hi guys, Oriole Hall of Famer and ambassador to the baseball warehouse, Mike Bordick here. We are honored and excited to help support the Adam Jones podcast. The baseball warehouse has four locations in Maryland and two in Pennsylvania. We specialize in private instruction, camps, showcases, charity events, Badgers baseball, and one-of-a-kind events featuring current Major League players and Hall of Famers. Our instructors have all played collegiately and professionally, many of whom have reached the Major Leagues. Check out thebaseballwarehouse.com to learn more and check us out on social media. Also, make sure to check out Orioles Hall of Famer Rick Dempsey's Baseball Warehouse opening in Columbia this October. Yeah, it's October 8th from 1 to 5 p.m. I'll be there with many of my former teammates, and I want to see you there. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan? Experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouth-watering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your door. 
doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones podcast. And by our friends at the Weinman Company. Your fun awaits at Hollywood Casino Perryville. See the whole crew with something for everyone from cheesesteaks to crab cake sandwiches. Plus, ask how you can get a $15 dining credit. Get in on the gaming action with the hottest slots and your favorite table games like blackjack, roulette, and poker. Free live shows every Friday and Saturday. Plus, become a Penn Play member and get up to $250 in rewards. Come experience nonstop fun and excitement only at Hollywood Casino Perryville. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Effective Solutions, your one-stop shop for commercial contracting. Everything from excavation and site development to emergency remediation and restoration. Effective Solutions specializes in many forms of commercial and mixed-use construction, like leak investigation, framing, trim carpentry, insulation, drywall, painting, wallpaper, flooring, masonry, waterproofing, paving, tree removal, and much more. With a dedicated staff and a commitment to quality, Effective Solutions delivers every time. By G-Leaf medical cannabis only visit gleaf.com medical cannabis is for qualified maryland patients only the adam jones podcast is brought to you by royal farms download the royal farms app from the apple app store or google play today new royal farms rewards members will get a free any size cup of royal farms award-winning coffee just for signing up hey justin keep an eye on the time it's your night to handle dinner no worries got it covered It's great getting dinner ready with no worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded, and cooked right in the store. Oh, wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Much gratitude to senior executive producer Chip Franklin for putting this episode together. Chip's a renaissance man. He knows a little about almost everything or just a little bit altogether. Hey, go out and subscribe to the Baltimore (laughs) Banner, folks. I write my own material every week. Until next time, be kind, be real, and make sure to be back for another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast as we wind down Season 2.